0: Welcome into this next episode of Big A Sports Show. I'm your host, Adam Van Handel, joined by Mark Trunk for another installment. And we are going to take a look at the NBA playoffs as they have progressed uh, even further. We are now into the second round of the playoffs, and we're going to go one by one here. Uh, we're going to try and get this done in uh, about a half hour uh, time. So Mark, without further ado, I do want to get into it. Thank you for being on another edition with me.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, Adam. Appreciate it.
0: So without further ado, getting into it, we will talk about the Nets versus Bucks. And before we talk about that, I do want to note, uh, we are recording this before the games tonight. So before the Sixers game, and before the Jazz game. So that is uh, what I want to say there. But the Nets and Bucks, the Bucks are down 0-2 in the series uh, so far. They lost game one by eight points and they lost game two by 39 points. So it hasn't looked good for the Bucks. Game one, they honestly didn't play that bad, I didn't think. It's just they didn't win and they didn't play up to their potential. Uh, as far as getting a win, but they hung with the Nets pretty well as far as they were able to keep it close. And this is a Nets team that you have to look at. Yeah, they don't have James Harden because he went out like within the first minute of the the first game. But this is a Nets team that has the likes of Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, a new and uh, maybe not new because he's been in the league for a while, But I guess you could say a rejuvenated Blake Griffin now that he's with the Nets and now that he's with a winning team. uh, He has done great things for them uh, so far and uh, definitely gotten a lot more healthier, it seems, because with the Pistons, he was really hurt uh, a lot of the time and he's out of the lineup in and out of the game. And whenever he was in, he was still kind of hurt, it seemed. So he's been able to get healthier and, uh, Play it really well for Steve Nash and then in the Nets, and play a very pivotal role too for them. And then they have role players like Nicholas Claxton. Uh, they have another role uh, player that's a guard that they have that's pretty pretty solid. Uh, he's been uh, giving them good good minutes. And then they have DeAndre Jordan that they have. Joe Harris is a nice uh, knockdown spot up shooter that they have, and they have other role players too. And they play. At their home place in Brooklyn, and they have a pretty good home home court advantage now that COVID is better, and uh, we're we're certainly seeing uh, the the crowd being back in the into the stands. Uh, like I said, we're not we're not totally done with COVID, but it's getting better. Fans are able to go back uh, with with certain capacity limits into, into arenas. Uh, where wear a mask, be safe, keep their distance, everything like that. So uh that that that's definitely back back in the game across all sports, uh, to to a certain extent. So the Bucks looking at it from their end of things, and then I'll bring you and Mark. Uh Giannis, he's hasn't maybe played like the Giannis were typical of seeing in the regular season. He hasn't played terrible, but he's been kind of up and down, and I'm, I'm not trying to nitpick at Giannis. Giannis is great. He's a two-time MVP. He has endless amount of accolades. He's a great player. He's like 26, 27, amazing talent. So he's he's done great things and will continue to. But so far in the playoffs against the Nets, maybe he, he'll tell you he could, himself he could play a little bit better. Uh, but he has certainly showed some good things. Drew Holiday has been kind of up and down. Chris Middleton's really struggled and those three players that I just named off. They're really good players, but when it comes down to it, you have to play well in the playoffs, regular season matters. It gets you to where you are, but the playoffs is where you really need to bring it and where it, it really kind of separates yourself, whether or not you can make it to all the way to the finals or, or maybe lose earlier than you think on whatever round you lose. So, Right now, it doesn't look good for the Bucks. They're down 0-2. I saw something uh, that the Cavaliers and the Warriors, that series years ago, went back when the Warriors had the amazing team and the Cavs were going at them when they had LeBron. Uh, the Cavs were down 2-0, I believe, and they came back in the series to win the series. So that's an interesting stat that I saw uh, from credible sources like, you know, ESPN, other sources like that, all the notable, reputable sources out there. So I, I saw that on basketballreference.com, too. So uh, that's kind of something where you could look at as a Bucks fan, say, hey, all hope is not lost. There's still some time left. But Game 3 is pivotal. They, they have to win Game 3. If they go down 3-0, I don't think it's said no team has come back down 3-0, and that's probably the case because if that's the case then you have to win four and the other team has to lose all all games uh so your margin for error is really nothing so the bucks need to play better they go back to milwaukee play at pfizer forum they're gonna have the deer district outside pfizer forum rocking they're gonna have the inside of pfizer forum all the crowd's gonna be rocking they're gonna need to bring it all those fans that go to the game in attendance bring it bring that atmosphere. The Bucs are going to need, need you, and they're going to need their play to be better. And also, too, Mike Budenholzer, he he could be better. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people have said that. Again, good coach, not going to take anything away from him. He's a good coach, but he certainly hasn't gotten to the Bucks to where they want to be as far as a NBA championship. And there's a little bit to be desired there, but uh, maybe Coach Butt will make adjustments. We'll see what happens. Mark, your take.
1: Yeah, and, um, you covered it. So just kind of recapping the first two games of the series and what kind of went wrong for the Bucs. Uh, in game one, they really struggled offensively. There was a lot of isolation going on. They weren't really passing the ball that much. They were getting a lot of good looks at Brooke Lopez down low, but they kind of went away from it and um, defaulted to a three-point shooting team, and they actually only shot 20%, like 6 of 30 from the three-point line. You're not going to win many games doing that. Um, Chris, Chris, uh, Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday really struggled as well. Um, Bucks did miss eight free throws throughout the game, so that made the, the margin a little bit higher. Uh, the, the Nets really got rolling in the third quarter. Bucks are making turnovers. Uh, Nets got easy transition. You know that's that's something that can't happen if the Bucks are going to win this series. And then you know last night Durant and Irving were played really well. Uh, really, all of their bench guys too for um, for Brooklyn stepped up. Like Blake Griffin, Joe Harris, you know Clarkson, like you mentioned. And uh, the Nets made an adjustment from game one. They really tried to make Giannis more of an outside shooter and build a wall and try not to let him get down there, get like dunks and layups. So Bucks did not adjust to that. And I don't know that, you know, maybe losing DiVincenzo hurt him um, as far as depth on the perimeter, but you would hope that. They'd stick Giannis on Durant and uh, Drew Holiday on Irving the rest of the series, and maybe that'll help things. But, yeah, you know, they got home court coming up. They beat him twice earlier this year. Uh, actually, I think about a month ago. And something that I think is interesting is maybe it was good for the Nets that they lost to the Bucs a month ago because they were playing DeAndre Jordan against Giannis, and Giannis was – dominating them and uh, Steve Nash obviously made adjustments and the Bucks didn't really make any adjustments so far yet. So we'll see. Hopefully the Bucks will win the series, but um, yeah, that's, that's it about uh, that series. Uh, let's move on to the Hawks and the Sixers.
0: Yeah. So the Hawks and the Sixers, uh, the Hawks, they, they got game two coming up tonight. So that'll be something to watch. I believe it's on TNT and uh, the Hawks started out on, on fire from three. And put up 74 in the first half. Uh, the Hawks. Um, before I get even further, they're up 1-0 in the series. A lot of you listeners know that because you watch all the games and everything. But just to remind you of that. Uh, and the the Hawks are are led by Trey Young, so he's really good offensively. He can put up 30 every night if if he wants to, maybe 40. Like he's an amazing talent. John Collins, uh, kind of a favorite of mine. Uh, I'm I'm a big Bucks fan as as you all know, but kind of a, a under underrated player that I like on, on other teams as far as his game. Uh seem seems to shoot the ball really well inside out and uh can contribute uh, on the on the boards as well. So he does a nice job, very efficient from the field, scoring twenty-one, and they got good outside shooting from Bogdanovich as well, and and, and as well as Kevin Herter. And the Sixers uh were led by Embiid. Embiid uh, reportedly had a small meniscus tear, I believe. Uh it's not like a where he blew his his meniscus. Unfortunately he he got hurt, but it's at least good that he didn't totally tear his meniscus. It's just a small tear, and uh hopefully he continues to get better with with uh some some rehab and all that. But He decided to play game one and he put up 39 points. He dominated the paint and uh, did a nice job there. But that's just kind of telling that Embiid, like one of their best players, probably their best player, uh, aside from Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris. He played, he put up 39 and they still lost. And that's kind of something to to talk about there as far as he, he did great and they still lost and they were at home. But it's a long series, seven games, and we'll have to see what happens in Game 2. It'll be interesting to see what adjustments Doc Rivers makes uh, from Game 1. Nate McMillan, the coach of the Hawks, has got his his players playing well. Certainly a, a longtime coach in the NBA. is now the interim head coach, I guess you could say. But maybe, I would assume, I don't know anything. I haven't heard anything, no, no source here. But uh, he he's made a big impression. I would assume that maybe it depends on how far they get in the playoffs, but they've done great for Nate McMillan and they've, they've certainly did done a nice job. So maybe he's their permanent head coach going forward, but we'll see. Lots to, lot to play out there still. Uh, but he certainly got the players going. They had uh, Lloyd Pierce, I believe earlier in the season got, got a, where they had a parting of ways. So the, he, Uh, Nate McMillan is their head coach now, and he's done a nice job. The Sixers didn't get much from their bench. Um, Tobias Harris had 20 points. He had a solid game, Uh, not a big impact, as he had around one. And the Hawks were much better from three-point range, uh, making 20 threes. The Sixers had 10 threes. The Hawks were 20 of 21 from the free throw line, which is huge and can make the difference of any game basketball wise especially in the nba especially in the playoffs you have to look at a lot of a lot of the time if a team struggles from the free throw line and they lose that's a telling stat in and of itself so this will be a good series and adjustments will likely be made uh and both teams are going to take a lot from game one learn from it and the Sixers have a stronger first unit and a legit big three, but the Hawks definitely have a more depth out, I, w- I would think you could say, uh, on their bench. And the Sixers are a team that, that can win this series. That They were the, the, the number one seed in the playoffs, so they were the number one seed for a reason. But, and I'm not trying to compare them to the Bucs, but the Bucs, the last two years, I believe, were the number one seed in the playoffs, and they lost. Now, again, I'm not trying to compare. They're they're both they're different teams, but it just kind of comes into question. Yes, getting them the number one seed is very important, and it could be very important to the Sixers. They could go out of the way and win win the title. Who knows? But seeding matters, but it's not everything. And I think it matters with the Bucs because now they're playing the Nets in the second round versus if they were a two seed, they would play the Nets in the Eastern conference finals. If they made it that far, but they're playing them around sooner than I think that they want. Although they got to play better, but I'm just saying that's where it could matter, but it could not matter if you're the number one seed and you don't get as far as you want. Again, lots to play out a lot of ball game left as uh, Aaron Nagler of She TV loves to say uh, with his Packers content with his, with his coverage for She TV. But uh, we'll see what happens. So, Mark, your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I agree um, with a lot of what you're saying, Adam. And yeah, that was something that I was not expecting was Atlanta to just come out on fire against Philadelphia. It's really hard to win at Philadelphia. So Hawks got the home court advantage. Um, yeah, Trey Young is just really good. Like he can pretty much, you can throw whoever whoever you want out there with him on the court, and he'll make him better as far as offensively. Um, you know, I think the net the Sixers will try to still attack Trey Young on the defensive end because it's pretty weak there and they're going to try to get the ball to Embiid because nobody can defend him one-on-one for the Hawks. So that'll be something to keep an eye out for. And Ben Simmons, something, to, something interesting. You know, he's really struggled from the line, and you've seen already teams start to foul him um, down the stretch, and he's been missing free throws. So if it comes to where the game is really close, you can see the Hawks do that again. I thought just the last point here, you know, NBA teams really benefit from timeouts because the Hawks ran out of timeouts at the end of that game, and they could not get the ball past half court to save their life. <laughs> they just kept turning the ball over. They kept getting trapped. So you would think Navy Mellon is going to work on that, and it'll be interesting to see if the Sixers maybe try to do more pressing and, and trapping earlier in the game. Um, but, yeah, I think the Sixers will still win this series. I think it might go six or seven. But – Look for adjustments to be made, like always in the playoffs. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it on that one. Um, well, let's talk about the Nuggets and the Suns now.
0: Yeah, and before we talk about that, I, I do just want to quick say one last thought for the Sixers series. I, I'm kind of like you, Mark, where I think that the Sixers are going to win. I think that they're the number one seed for a reason. But the Hawks, I think they were what a number five seed, I believe. Uh, they're they're really good. They're really talented. They're a team that that can fill up, fill up the, the scoreboard. I mean, and all these teams in the playoffs can fill up the scoreboard with points. But they can score it really well. They have Trey Young, Kevin Herter, DeAndre Hunter, John Collins, Clint Capella. You can go on and on. And they're playing for Nate McMillan really well. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in game two tonight. Also, when they go to Atlanta, what kind of atmosphere Atlanta brings as far as a home court, they're probably going to be rowdy and ready to go. So we'll see what happens. And one thing, too, I do want to say is Doc Rivers, very good coach. Very, very talented coach. He's won titles back with Boston. He's done really well. Great coach. But for a few seasons with his Clippers days, other other times, and again, the players got to play. They get, They got to bring it. They, they gotta they're, they're the ultimate deciders in the game the coach matters but the players ultimately decide the game his teams is, have kind of fallen short of, of their mark too uh and that is something to be said for that as far as some years they they underachieve they get to the playoffs but they they don't make it to where they want to go and it is the playoffs it is hard to win in the NBA i'm just i'm just a guy on a podcast talking about it but uh, that is something to be said. We'll see if Doc Rivers gets his team to the finals. We'll see what happens. But that is something to note. Again, Doc Rivers, great coach, great resume, great overall record. Nice job. Anyways, Nuggets versus Suns. Game one last night. The Suns won. And this was a game that the Nuggets played very very well through a portion of the game. I think that there there was a point in the game where they were up by like, eight or nine, which I know the NBA is a game of runs. Basketball in and of itself is a game of runs, but th- they were playing pretty well for a stretch. And one thing I do want to note uh, from ESPN's Shams Charnia and Adrian Wojnarowski, all the reputable sources within the media for the NBA, Nicole Jokic has won the MVP. So Giannis is two year streak of winning the MVP back-to-back MVPs comes to an end, but I'm sure Giannis will have many, many more MVPs in his future. He's only 26, 27. He'll probably have, I don't know, four or five more, maybe? Eh, three. Who knows? We'll see what happens, given the fact that Giannis is a talent that he is, but there are also other players out there that are very good as well. So that's always a tough um, time to go with whether you're going to win MVP or not, because you could play great and still not win the MVP. So there's other factors as well. But anyways, the Nuggets have played Relatively well uh, after Jamal Murray's injury, uh, Jamal Murray's season-ending injury. I'm sure all of you know, and the listening audience know about that. Uh, he and the he and Jokic led the team to the Western Conference Finals last year. Mate Morris, fifteen points a game, uh, really good offensively. Austin Rivers, guy who they signed uh, in, in the season, br- brings a scoring punch off the bench. Campazo is is kind of a journeyman, but he's. Uh, a really tough defender and can he can make an open shot too i mean he's not a great shooter but there's times last night where i was i was watching and he was he was making you know a spot up three so he he can uh sh- shoot it if, if you give him time and space but he's kind of inconsistent with it but he plays a lot for mike Malone aaron Gordon is a good wing defender for them actually had a really good game last night i believe he was in double digits uh, Close to 20 points for him in a losing effort. Michael Porter Jr., one of the bright young stars in the NBA, uh, 18 a game in round one, can shoot from three, get to the rim, and do basically what he wants. Um, And it will be interesting to see uh, who Monty Williams, the Sunset coach, puts on him throughout the rest of the series. Chris Paul, four-leader, Devin Booker, uh, reminds a lot of people of Klay Thompson, one of the best shooters in the game. Jay Crowder, good veteran in addition for them. Mikel Bridges, um, lengthy wing who can shoot it from three and guard many positions. DeAndre Aiden, really good offensively, the center, uh, can play good defense. Uh, Mark, I see on the outline your prediction is Suns and seven. As for my prediction, I'm going to go. This is tough because the Nuggets are really good, even without Jamal Murray. They have a really good coach, too, and Mike Malone. And as noted on the TNT broadcast uh, by the broadcasters last night, they did well adjusting to a lot of adversity, which other teams do too, but they they do well kind of, they might get down in a series, but they don't, they don't let it affect them too much. They, they come back and, and get, they bounce back. So I'm going to say, and I believe Kevin Harlan uh, was doing the broadcast and somebody else for TNT. So there's another reputable source that, Said that in last night's broadcast. But I'm gonna say Suns in six, but I wouldn't be shocked if the Nuggets win. Mark, your take.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, after that game last night, I think the Suns might be more than they might be quicker than seven. Uh they're just so balanced. I mean, they're starting lineup, they got twenty-one, they got twenty points from four different guys last night. Uh Pooker uh Paul, Booker my Michael Bridges, DeAndre Ayton. Um, DeAndre Ayton played really well against uh, Jokic, considering you know, he's the MVP. And they just have so many versatile wings they can put out there and guard people. And, um, yeah, Chris Paul really makes a difference for them, engineering that offense. So it is really tough to win at uh, Phoenix. They have a great environment, and they, they got the hump court. So it should be interesting. Uh, like you are saying, Adam, I think it would be a fun series to watch the rest of the way. But, uh, yeah, we'll have to see what happens. And uh, I think if the Nuggets had Jamal Marate, right, they I might have, might have picked them, but they don't. So going with the Suns. And then, yeah, last uh, series we'll talk about here, Clippers-Jazz. So they have not played a game yet in the series. But we'll talk a little bit about how they match up against each other and what we think is going to happen.
0: Yeah, so that game's tonight. That's the uh, second game of the doubleheader on TNT so that'll be a, a fun one. The Jazz, Mark just talked about, you know, home court atmospheres with the Suns. The Jazz bring it too. I mean, really, any team in the NBA brings it with the home court. It's it's always, that's kind of an underrated thing about watching playoff basketball is how how into it. Obviously, it's the playoffs. As a fan, you're going to get into it. Um, as far as, you know, having a big crowd and and getting into the atmosphere of the game and, and really Trying to bring that home court. But the Jazz, that's that's another great home court atmosphere. They're playing the Clippers. Clippers beat the Mavs in seven. So the Clippers are a really talented team, as they usually are. They got Ty Lewis coach, Jazz Quinn Snyder as coach, Rondo for the Clippers, Reggie Jackson, Terrence Mann, uh versus Mike Conley. And I think I saw today. Now don't don't quote me on this, but I think Mike Connolly might be out tonight. I'd have to double-check that, but we'll see. Uh, if he is in or out, we'll, we'll have to see. I'm sure he'll be play at some point it in the series. It is official,
1: Adam. Yes, he is ruled out.
0: Okay. Sounds good. Thank you uh, for checking that. Donovan Mitchell, Jordan Clarkson. Jordan Clarkson. Uh, microwave. We talked about microwaves on this podcast. He gets in the game. He heats up quick. Mm-hmm. Just like a microwave, heats up food. And then... Mitchell, really talented player. So the Jazz bring it. They have Rudy Gobert, who defensively is a nightmare for offenses because he's got a unlimited wingspan and he's seven three, I believe. So he's really good. Clippers don't have any superstars in the perimeter, but they do have uh, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George at the forward spots. So they're very good there. Connolly, great leader for offense, isn't going to play game one, as we just mentioned, but he'll probably, I'm assuming it's the playoffs, he'll get himself ready for other games, but it depends on how his injury is, he's being bothered by hamstring, and hamstrings are always tricky, unfortunately, so we'll see what happens, but Clarkson, I believe he won sixth man of the year in the NBA, Uh, he provides a great offensive spark, great uh, spot-up shooter in Joe Ingles, uh, Joe Ingles rather, Uh, so... We'll see what happens. I'm going to go prediction. I want to say the Clippers, but I'm going to go with the Jazz. I I, I want to say the Clippers because it's the Clippers and it's Kawhi in the playoffs. And you figure you trust Kawhi in the playoffs. But there's been Clippers teams in the past that have fallen short. And they're great players, Kawhi and George, but they haven't put it together as far as a championship winner. I'm seriously i'm gonna pick the jazz i'm gonna go along with you mark you said jazz in seven. I'm going to say jazz in seven i'm gonna say jazz in seven i'm gonna go seven i think it goes seven uh i think that the jazz they're always a really good playoff team they get in the playoffs but they don't go super f- they get certainly far in the playoffs but they don't get to the finals or anything i think this might be a special year for the jazz i'm not going to pick him yet to the finals but i think that they're going to get at least to the western conference finals i think Quin is a special coach who does great things and they always have a really good roster with Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, Joe Ingles. Joe Ingles. They got Jordan Clarkson. They got a bunch of other guys. Uh, Royce O'Neal's kind of a, a sneaky player for them. Not a great, you know, not really great at anything, but he's really good at a bunch of other things. Like he's really good at all the little things. So he's a good role player for them. So Mark, what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, uh, I agree with you there. Um, it's going to be a good series. The, it's going to be, you know, who can shoot best. Both these teams are really good. Three-point shooting teams. The Clippers are amazing. Three-point shooting uh, – are amazing free-throw team. I believe they were 24 for 24 uh, in their last game, free throws. But, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how they how, uh, Leonard and George match up against uh, Donovan Mitchell and Bogdanovich and – who and who will uh, Rudy Gobert guard um, for the Clippers and and see what happens? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I think it'll go seven. I think this should be a pretty even series. If Mike Conley doesn't play at all, I would probably pick the Clippers, honestly. Um, but if he does play, you know, maybe game two and the rest of the game, I think the Jazz could have a good shot and they get home court. So we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah. uh, Great. Great analysis, Mark, as always. Thanks for being on with me again. Uh, That'll about do it for another edition of Big A Sports Show. I'm your host, Adam Van Handel and we'll be back with more episodes, uh, whether it's me flying solo or me with Mark or me with other special guests, always trying to grow this podcast and get this podcast uh, really, really good. Started it back in October. It's it's gained pretty good steam, uh, trying to podcast whenever I can. It's one of the many uh, things I do to keep active in my field and uh, one of my many happy places in life is talking sports so uh, looking to podcast more and certainly we got football season we got OTAs coming up we got training camp coming up we'll, we'll be hitting the uh, nose to the grindstone as far as uh, bringing football content we're going to bring NBA playoff content NBA offseason content we'll, we'll cycle in some uh, baseball too. Uh, and other other sports as well so just doing our best uh to, to make this a really good podcast it's done great so far and i look forward to, to it continuing thank you thank you thank you to all my loyal listeners and and all of the listeners out there uh, too as well uh in general so if you want to spread the word about my podcast you can continue to do so always looking for as many consistent listeners as possible and until i talk to you all next Have a great rest of your day. Mark, uh, last thoughts. Thank you for being on.
1: Yes, thank you, sir. Thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, definitely. and We'll look forward to the rest of the playoffs. It'll be fun to watch, as always. And uh, we'll talk to you all again uh, when we drop our next episode. So subscribe to my podcast, Big A Sports Show, wherever you get your podcasts if you want. And we'll talk to you all soon. Thanks. Have a great day. Bye. i